Welcome everybody to Dragon Quest FM, where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. My name's Austin. And my name's Cupid. And this week, week, uh, it's Valentine's Day week. Valentine's Day was Tuesday. And so we decided, hey, love is in the air. It's Valentine's Day. So we're going to talk about romance in the Dragon Quest series, which is a topic that we've kind of skirted around, but never actually just focused on. And so since it was Valentine's Day week, we were like, hey, let's let's go for it. Um, Yeah. We do pre-record these episodes. So... Uh, maybe by this time there will be some new Dragon Quest three remake news because a Nintendo Direct is happening later today when we're recording this episode. Oh, was it today? I knew it was coming up, but I didn't know the uh, the date of it. It is today, and I the the only reason why, and this is definitely grasping at straws on my part, but the only reason why I thought we might get something is because of the two D HD art style. Like those games have only or at the very least debuted on switch like octopath traveler the triangle strategy you know those are the games that have shown up on switch and so you know the first three was a nintendo nes game and then you have anniversary for dragon quest 3 the original anniversary was february 10th 1988 and so when the direct is happening that's technically the 10th in japan and so oh. it's just like, seems like the anniversary of DQ3 would be a good time to share new info on the DQ3 remake. That is true. So maybe that will happen and we'll learn something. Maybe even a uh, a demo. Like I would love a demo because all of these uh, Square Square Enix uh, 3D games have gotten demos when they're announced on a Direct too. Yeah. So who knows? I mean, I know, I know I'm reaching and I even like, it started out as a joke and then I kind of convinced myself. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and so who knows? Uh, future me may be either really excited because that did happen, or just disappointed because I got my hopes up for nothing. Uh, so we'll find out. You guys listening to this episode will know the answer already, but we do not. Uh, we, we also we have some new Patreon patrons though who deserve a real nice thank you. Uh, first up is Nathan Ambrose. Nathan Ambrose, thank you so much for being our patron. When I saw your name in my email, I got all squishy inside. Thank you. Happy Valentine's Day. I love you. And the next Patreon patron that we have is Rich Lockney. Rich Lockney, I hope your knees aren't getting locked up. You need may need surgery. <laughs> uh, hashtag dad joke. Thank you. Wait, you got to tell Rich you love him. You told Nathan you love him. I do. I love you, Rich. I love you so much. Thank you for being our patron. You're special. Yeah, but thank you guys very much for for helping support this podcast for real. And please don't take away your pledge because of BJ's real nice thank yous. (laughs) One day that's going to happen and we're going to feel really bad. Yeah, one day somebody's just going to revoke it. Hasn't happened yet that we know of because of the real nice thank you, but eventually it's going to happen. But it will. It's going to happen we should expect it um but anyway yeah thank you to both nathan and rich we really appreciate it and to all of our patreon patrons we love all you guys uh we do have a new patreon exclusive mini sewed up this week so be sure to check that out there was also one i did back in january that i forgot to mention here on the podcast that was celebrating the dq2 anniversary i don't think i mentioned that in a previous episode but anyway there's two mini sodes up there so far this year trying to get one out at least once a month for all of our Patreon patrons. So thank you guys. I hope yeah. you enjoy that. Going into romance and Dragon Quest games. Uh, 
just going to kind of skirt over the first three Dragon Quest games real quick because there's not a whole lot. I mean, I guess you have a princess in the first one, but I mean, rescuing her is optional. <laughs> yeah, which is super weird for an RPG to uh, to do that. But yeah, you don't have to. But it's cool. And I, what I what I think is super cool about it is that you can get her, never go back to the castle and just have her follow you around and like even defeat like Dragon Lord and everything with her. Yeah. Uh, following you around, it changes up some dialogue. Like there's just, man, for a game that came out like, what, 36 years ago almost now, it's like, man, they did some really fun stuff in that game. Yeah, um, way more than you would expect from an NES game at the time. Yeah. And then outside of, you know, maybe some flirty asides from village people uh, in the first three games, there's not a whole lot. Like there's some NPCs in DQ3 that, make you think that maybe your dad Ortega had like a woman in every village <laughs> or at least a few. Like he didn't, he did not seem to be the most monogamous individual. If you talk to every NPC and again, a lot of it's kind of like innuendo uh, there's puff puff things like that in these games uh, that I guess you could say is romantic. <laughs> I, I guess. I mean, until you get to like DQ 11 where it's like they throw you off a cliff and it's like, I mean, well, I mean, even, I guess it could be like lover's leap. Even in DQ3, you know, they have the thing that's recreated in 11 where it's like the, the lady's like, lay down, and then it's like oh, the, yeah. her, dad, her dad or, or whatever. So, I mean, there there are some things that I guess you could call romance asterisk beside romance there. Uh, but I feel like I feel like Dragon Quest Four is really where you see it with in, in a few different ways, but mostly with Kirill's constant pining after oh, Alina. yep. Yep, just constantly. Where it gets annoying oh, I don't, at that point. See, I don't think it's annoying. I find it, I think it's humorous. Like, that's a very memorable thing with me, and I like how they've recreated it in, like, the Heroes games and stuff. Like, I'm not, a, I, I would say, I think it would be annoying in real life. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But in, in, I, in the game, I actually really like that. Uh, that one of the things I'm of really glad that DQ doesn't do and hasn't done at this point is allow romanceable NPCs because that's a video game trope and feature that I just don't enjoy. And sometimes like you have to do it to, to move forward with the story. Like you have to choose, like you have Bianca and uh, um, Nira and Deborah, Nira and Deborah. Yeah. All I could think of was Deborah. I could not think of Nira uh, where that's a choice you make, but you're not having to go through like all of these side quests and, uh, and things like that in order to, to choose one that are, that's, I don't know. Are, I just don't. Are you really talking about like, like, like in Bioware Fallout games and, and Fallout? Yeah. yeah. It's like, I hate that kind of thing. And so I'm really, really glad that that's generally left out of the DQ games. I liked it fine in Skyrim, not because I wanted to romance someone, but because you just, you romance them real quick and then they move into your house and then you can like sell stuff to them. And it's just, it makes things more convenient. <laughs> you know, I never like placed a house in Skyrim. Oh, really? In all the hours I dumped into that game, I never once like uh, bought and placed a house uh, and done any of the uh, expansion stuff for, what was it, Hearth and Home, something like that. Never Hearth, did any of it. Hearth and Home, I think, is, uh, what's the, uh, Valhalla, is that the name of it? The uh, the Viking survival game that got big for a little while? Hearth and Home update is with that. I can't. I don't think that's Skyrim, but maybe. I didn't do any of the DLC, but I did use the... Hearthfire, uh, that's it. Hearthfire, Hearthfire. Was, the, uh, was the thing where you can get a homestead. That was it. Uh, where you can do even more with it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, um, 
I would always get the house there at the beginning in Whiterun in Skyrim. Yeah. And then I would marry, I don't know, basically one of the first NPCs I would could come across just to get an NPC in there to have a shop and give me good prices <laughs> and kind of use as like a as an item mule. <laughs> and see, as a I, I apparently never did that. And yeah. my followers were always just kind of random schmucks because they might have died all the time with me because you know how careless I am. <laughs> and uh, uh, me and me and Skyrim in terms of uh, just getting in over my head, those those uh, those companion NPCs were <laughs> were uh, were fodder. But yeah, I like the Kirill and Elena uh, romance that's in that's in five. I think that uh, that f- sorry in four. I think that five is really. I mean, five is like the the whole theme of five is romance. I mean, it's by far the most romantic of any of them just because, I mean, it even has bride there in the subtitle. (laughs) Right. Where, where, you know, this is the one where it really does feel like you first get romance between characters in in a Dragon Quest game. You have, no matter, I mean, obviously, you know, I guess it depends on which bride you choose and, and stuff like that for how involved you get. But I think it really speaks to it in terms of like how passionate no pun intended here but how passionate <laughs> people are about over like bride debates i mean people in the dragon quest fandom debate about uh dragon oh quest, yeah like who's the best bride constantly um and it's, it really is kind of a it's kind of a fun way but it's also kind of like a, a i feel like it's one of those personality tests like if you ask mm-hmm. somebody when you're meeting a dragon quest fan for the first time you're like which bride did you choose in dq5 and that's like how you can gauge their personality. You can tell what kind of person they are by which bride they choose. I feel like Uh, you're not wrong. Yeah. Not saying that any of the choices are, are worse than the others. No, I mean, I mean, I definitely have a preference for Bianca, but again, it's just, it goes like, I think it just goes with like how you, you can just tell, I feel like a a lot about a person based on which bride they choose. It's kind of like just a fun thing to bring up. But yeah, I think that, that this is the first Dragon Quest game that has marriage it's also the only Dragon Quest game that has marriage until eight, right? I don't think seven. I mean, se- well, seven does, but you don't see it. It's not like the main character is getting married. This is the yeah. five is the first is the first time the main character gets married, and it's the last time the main character is shown getting married until eight. And so five really, I feel like, sets the precedence for for romance in these games, and then you get to six which is like I don't want to say a step back but it did it did it doesn't feature a lot of the romantic stuff that you see in 5 and even though people kind of ship I feel dirty using that as a verb mm-hmm. right now but even though people do that uh with like the hero and Ashlyn and everything like I I don't feel personally based on my playthrough that that's like a canonical romantic relationship and maybe it is i've never seen anything with like interviews much about dragon quest 6 other than like development stuff but you know then you have seven which has like where romance where romance took away kiefer from me and (laughs) i will forever be embittered toward the past uh with taking my kiefer from my party you hate love now. <laughs> I do. I hate love. Uh, happy Valentine's Day, Jennifer. <laughs> she's not listening to this. <laughs> no, she's never listened to one of my podcasts. 
It's so not just does, uh, that saying that reminded me. Let, let's talk about romance in real life. I've been podcasting since uh, 2016, <laughs> and Jennifer has never listened to one of my podcasts that she wasn't on. Yeah, and only then it was just the uh, parts that she was on, or I really mentioned her early on. Has Grace ever listened to any of your podcasts? Mm, I don't think so. I mean, she doesn't really play Dragon Quest. She's been she's been on this podcast a couple of times, and so she's she's talked on this podcast, you know, and said some things. Yeah. And like but, I know she'll sh- she'll share stuff about the podcast, like on social media and things like that. Yeah, but, Jennifer too. But no, I don't believe she's ever just sat down and listened. I mean, maybe if this podcast were about something she cared about, she is a, she's messed around with Dragon Quest games, but it's not like her cup of tea. If this podcast were like about The Office or Parks and Rec or like something like that, like Harry Potter, yeah, she would be listening. But it's Dragon Quest, and so no, she, I don't think she's ever listened to a full episode. Maybe, just... maybe initially, like when it was new, like our first like two or three episodes there when we were like started DQFM and we're like, not sure what was going to happen with it, but we were having a good time. You know, she might've listened to it to just be supportive and see what it was. And she does, she hears it when I'm editing. A lot of times she's in the room with me when I'm editing episodes. So I mean, she gets it secondhand there, but no, it's not like every week, uh, her phone shows up. There's a new episode of DQFM and she's like, Ooh, gotta listen to this. Yeah. Um, I think that we can just assume that it's safe to say that both our wives hate us, that that's, that's what that means. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean Jennifer hates podcasts I, anyway, but it, but that really did remind me uh for some reason. I was like, "Wait a second. I'm curious here because Jennifer does not uh regardless of how much she loves me, she cannot stand listening to most podcasts anyway. Uh Only Joe Rogan, right? Listening to mine. Oh yeah, only Joe <laughs> Rogan. God no. Uh she hates Joe Rogan as much or more as I do. So Gotcha. Cool. We've talked about him too much. Dragon yeah, Quest. we have. <laughs> Dragon Quest 7, though, even more than the, like the Kiefer thing is the one that I think hits the hardest. But Dragon Quest 7 is the you have a mom and a dad who are there. You're yep. you're not adopted and you have both parents. And so you kind of have that parental romantic aspect of it. You have a mom and dad who seem to like each other. I mean, your dad's away on a ship yeah. for a long time. Then he gets home, and I mean, they seem like they're happy together. You have that. Your friends ha- are have p- parents. Uh, well, I guess King Donald is is a single parent. I don't think it ever mentions. I think Kiefer's mom is dead. But anyway, you have that kind of stuff. Uh, Maribel's parents are both around. Ruff's parents are, I assume, wolves. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, I, I would guess. Uh, and then you have spoilers i guess for for dragon quest 7 there's gonna be spoilers here for the next few minutes so maybe skip ahead like three minutes if you don't want dragon quest 7 spoilers but then you have ash who you know is Kiefer's daughter mm-hmm. or not daughter but descendant descendant yeah yeah descendant like not yeah not not immediate daughter but like great 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 granddaughter whatever anyway she's a descendant of his and so which is a pretty unique kind of thing you have sir mervin who i assume is a celibate knight <laughs> the way that he acts if uh, that man has uh, ever lain with someone it is a long time ago it's a long time ago and it was platonic it was just like he laid down like beside them and slept. yeah it, like, <laughs> they, they cut they needed body warmth so they cuddled under a quilt near a rock at some point yes you know, but then the different side stories that you go through on the islands, like there's there's tales of lost love, there's tales of doomed love, there's 
there's weddings, there's all sorts of, there's like love on every end of the spectrum here. You get like happy endings, you get sad endings, you get kind of some like middle of the road, bittersweet endings, but there is a very, but love does play a major role in a lot of these towns and things that you visit in Dragon Quest seven. And I think that that's, I think part of it is that each island that you visit is trying to tell its own story and there's only so many stories you can tell, but also it's like most stories, not just in Dragon Quest, but just in culture in general, revolve around romance. And so I think that's why DQ7 has so much romance. It's like inescapable. Yeah, it's everywhere in that game. Like, I can't remember if it's seven or nine where uh, entire village, entire towns like the uh, the the Xerox comes in and it's that's because nine. he loves the people so much. It's nine, yeah. Yeah that has Xerox. Then you have eight, which has a pretty good amount of romance. Uh, horse love. The horse. <laughs> yeah. Romance in the horse. It's like romancing the stone, but, but a horse. Yeah. Yes. You're welcome. Is it like romancing the stone? <laughs> it's not. It's nothing like that. Um, your kind of love interest there for a long time is Medea. And she is a horse. Uh, you do get to marry her in kind of like the canon ending for mm-hmm. eight, uh, which is nice. She's about to to marry Prince Charmless, and then you like break through, and you're like, "Stop the wedding!" Like the the only way it could get more rom commy is if like she was like flying on an airport, and you had to like get in a car and like race to the airport to stop her from hopping on mm. the flight. Like the 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 wedding breakup scene is. It's an old trope, but it's, I mean, it's a good one. That's why they repeat it in like half the rom-coms that are out there. Oh yeah. I mean, absolutely. People like it. It's a crowd pleaser. And 3DS version did add in the Jessica uh, marriage option, which personally to me is just a bunch of pandering fan service. But Hey, if you love Jessica, Mm -hmm. I guess you like that pandering. I mean, pandering isn't, pandering isn't bad if you like it. (laughs) It, It's true. Jennifer and I have been uh, considering that for like into the, not into the spider verse um, in Spider-Man no way home. And uh, also the most recent episodes we haven't seen today's of uh, book of Boba Fett where it's like, uh, they're just pandering to us now. Look, it's little Grogu. It's uh, it's like, oh, yeah, look, give us more of what we want instead of uh, whatever the first like five episodes of the show was. <laughs> and, uh, we uh, we've been talking about it's like, you know what? It's not a bad thing. We've had a terrible couple of years. Let's pander. Let's take it. Like, thanks for pandering. We've had that conversation a couple of times where if you like it, it's not bad. Yeah. If you played the PS2 version and you were like, man, I really want the hero and Jessica to get together. Then the 3DS version is like your dream come true. I mean, it's like, thank you, Square Enix. Thank you, Yuji Hori, for throwing that in. Whoever's decision yeah. it was, thank you for throwing that in. And yeah, we so, appreciate that. Yeah. So it's there. I, personally, I like the Medea hero uh, romance. I think that's a pretty big and important part of that story. And I kind of like Jessica and the hero just kind of being platonic friends. Uh, like I'm all for, you know platonic friendships they can be nice they can um, like they like the the guy and the girl don't always have to get together they can just no that's and, and that's one of my most frustrate i i get so frustrated with that trope too like that 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 that, that a, a man and woman cannot just be friends like that there always has to be some sort of tension in it and it's just like uh that's actually when i stopped watching arrow have you ever watched arrow do you think i've ever watched arrow 
I don't know. Grace watches stuff. I thought you might have watched it with her. <laughs> no, like, su- superhero things are not my thing. For anybody who's this is your first episode, I wasn't. I'm not knocking on Arrow. I just knocking an Arrow. Uh, I just don't. <laughs> I just don't. Uh, I just don't like superhero stuff. So no, I've never. I, I know nothing about Arrow other than there. A there's a really good platonic friendship in there that I really enjoyed, and then it ended up being a like they turned it into a romance and. It's actually around the time that Jennifer and I stopped watching it because it was just unbearable because that's not how those characters acted for like three seasons. And uh, it felt wedged in. And I know there are a lot of people who are like that, but I was like, I feel that way that they're like, you can be friends. It's like, that's, it, it's possible. Even if they're not taken, like it's, there's a whole, there's a whole thing there. We should move on. <laughs> There's there's a whole thing I'll get started on that we that is not Dragon Quest related at all. So, all right, cool, that's okay. People listening, they they know we have tangents. If you're not expecting tangents at this point, then then what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, because yeah, we we go off topic from time to time. Uh, speaking of tangents, though, here's something we have not done in at least three episodes, which is a little shameless self promotion. Oh, it's so shameless. It's back, it's back, it's back, it's back, it's shameless. Yeah, so we have a Patreon page. You can find that at patreon.com slash dragonquestfm if you want to join our Patreon community like our newest patrons have. And a quick shout out to all our patrons. We love you guys. We have new minisodes up for you. And your continued support is just greatly appreciated. Uh, I did want to mention it's been a, it's been a few weeks since we did any kind of of like community spotlight stuff too, highlighting some people in the community. I know we talked about the uh, the podcast that was doing the the deep dives into Dragon Quest Eleven a while back, but yep. we haven't covered any other community stuff since then. So really quickly, I wanted to tell you guys about a skeleton. That is their YouTube <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, name, but they they do some different. YouTube uh, videos, uh, the Bone Zone show, and basically uh, he has started doing uh, playing through every Dragon Quest game. Sent me a really nice DM a while back saying that he'd read my Dragon Quest book and it had inspired him to play through every uh, mainline Dragon Quest game. I guess he had started playing Builders 2 and got interested in Dragon Quest. And so he started with Dragon Quest 1. He did a new video. Uh, It's called Dragon Quest, the Bone Zone, the start of my adventure. And uh, it's up on YouTube already. Watched it earlier this morning because he was nice enough to send me a link on Twitter earlier before we were recording this. Watched the video. Thought it was really good. He also gave my book a nice shout out, which is really Aww. cool. Yeah, yeah, that's really appreciated. So I'm going to try to remember to link to this in the show notes today. But uh, if you guys are just on YouTube, and of course you are. It's 2022. Everyone's on YouTube. So when you're yeah. on YouTube sometime and you want to watch a Dragon Quest video, Dragon Quest, The Bone Zone, Start of My Adventure is the first video to start with there. All about DQ1. So check it out. I love that it's called The Bone Zone. Oh, yeah. I mean, I get it. But even the, even the like, there was a shot. Oh, yeah. There was a shot where it showed the game, like the physical copy of the game, where like a, where you would normally see the person's hands there, you know, mm-hmm. in the shot. And instead, it's two little skeleton hands, like plastic Aww, skeleton hands. That's awesome. Yeah. He went the extra mile, and I appreciated that. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's really that's really nice. That's the kind of thing I, I get behind. Yeah. Um. So anyway, at Dragon Quest Nine, I think is where we're at here. Uh, Dragon Quest Nine is kind of like DQ Seven. You're going around. There's some different themes of love here. You have the probably the biggest, most impactful one is 
Corvus, who's the main bad guy of, yeah. of the game. And he's very much like, we forgot to mention Sorrow in 4, but you know, Sorrow, his whole like, I'm going to destroy humanity is basically because they made his elf girlfriend cry. <laughs> yeah, that's basically <laughs> like, why he did. Humans yeah, are we like, we're going to make you cry that. ruby tears. And Sorrow is like, I must destroy the world. <laughs> I mean, which is... Which is sweet. Like, if you're talking about uh, Valentine's Day, if you're like, these people are going to be mean enough to purposefully make my my partner cry, I will burn the world down to prevent that and to to rectify it. It's like I, I can I can respect that. I mean, I don't I don't think I'm that kind of person who you know I don't think I would destroy the world for that, but I would I would have a confrontation with somebody. It's like that song. I'd stop the world. And melt with you, yeah. By modern English, except it's I destroy the world and melt I with would, you. I, I yeah, I, I would destroy melt the, world the world and melt with you. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't even know how to. <laughs> I, I, I got nothing. <laughs> but anyway, Corvus is much like that. Serena, uh, you know, gets killed. She's a ghost. You meet her in nine. Uh, but that's kind of what sends Corvus down his whole path. Is you know he's this fallen angel. Serena was nice to him. The cat fell in love. She gets killed by humans. Corvus turns into Satan, essentially. Basically, yeah. Uh, yeah, and so so romance does play a part with the antagonist in both four and 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 nine in some major ways. Yeah, they love so much that when their love is gone, they're just gonna destroy the world, which is which is some big love. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not like uh, Bill Paxton or anything, but oh my gosh, I forgot that was a show. Oh, wow. big love. Big yeah. Love. Yeah. Didn't Bill Paxton die? I think so. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, man. Did I forget that Bill Paxton died? I think he did. I've forgotten it, but now that you're mentioning Bill Paxton, I'm like, oh, I think, yeah. he, I think he passed away a few years ago. Yeah, 2017. All right, we're not doing this. We end on a bummer every single time. We're close yeah. to the end here. Well, we're going to power yeah. through. We're going to power through. Move on. Don't focus on the, <laughs> focus on the bad. La, 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 la. Can't hear you. Uh, Dragon Quest X still has its share of romance as well with the kingdoms and stuff you visit. Um, a lot of it's in Japanese and a lot of it I didn't bother reading when I played through it. So you're going to have to excuse me if I just skip over ten too much here. Um, then you have Eleven, though. Eleven, which has Gemma as your childhood yep. friend uh, who you're going to marry who is just a real bore. So I'm glad that they gave some more options in 11S because Gemma is the least enticing marriage option in a video game in a long time. Like I love 11, but like, I don't know. Gemma is just so, so boring. I mean, and I understand going back to your childhood, sweetheart, you grew up with somebody who you were in love with as a character, like during the intro doing all of that. But um, like, I'm glad that you got to marry other people that yeah. you got to, to choose to live your life with someone else because throughout the game, like you don't get to interact with Gemma. Like that's not a, like it's only a few times that you ever do anything uh, to bring her into the story at all. And so it's like, why do you go back to her? Like she wasn't part of the narrative really. And it's like, yes, yeah, she's your childhood friend. So it's that whole trope or whatever, you know, but it's just like, eh, I don't know. I think I can't remember if if I if I 
said this on the podcast or on my blog when I was writing about DQ11 regularly. But my problem, my problem with Gemma, and I think this is a good antidote, is that she is romantically as appealing as like a beige wall. Like there's nothing special mm-hmm. about her. She's extremely generic. Like, yeah, like, you know, no one looks at a beige wall and is like, oh, that's a really amazing color. It's just it's just there. You know, it's, like it's inoffensive there. to everyone. And Although the way we're talking, it's kind of offensive to us now. <laughs> It's like it's like a p- painting of like a bowl of fruit that like hangs above your like bed in a hotel room, you know? Yeah. Where it's just like you don't even think about it. It's just there. Yeah. It it it's one of those things where you, you you consider it for a minute, like who just paints that, and then you realize that somebody painted it, they sold it, and they made money off of it. So it's like okay, good for them. But it's like why would you choose that? It's like but whatever uh it's kind of the way Gemma is <laughs> it's like why would you choose that yeah Gemma, okay Gemma is just she's a bowl of fruit Gemma is a bowl of fruit That's although true. marrying Gemma does get you Sandy and Sandy should have been who you could spend your life with that if they let you uh choose your partner to move into that house should have been able to keep that dog like that dog is the best part. I'm still mad at that game for not letting me have that dog in my party from the very beginning of the game. They took that dog from me and I will never forgive them for not letting me have that dog in my party again. So you're basically, you're the, you're the kind of person who would marry a girl for her dog. <laughs> I don't know. Have you seen how I react to most dogs? Like you remember Sahoni? That's true. Like, That's like, true. Like, but I, I was. I'm still sad. I knew Sahoni for two days before they had to uh, to let her go, and I was crying and sobbing like a little baby. I still get teary eyed thinking about that because she was such a good dog. And it's like, I don't know, Sandy. Sandy's a good dog. Yeah. That's true. Then you would just divorce her once Sandy dies, because I mean, the dog is not going to live very long compared to how long a marriage would. Yeah, it's true. Last. I mean, that's why I would just try to steal her dog. Okay. Like, if I could you... just choose Sandy. And like clone her over and over again. I'd do that. By the way, did you know Jennifer won't let me clone Leia? <laughs> like I tried to get her to let me like to you. Like I really genuinely tried to convince her to let me clone Leia, like using some of our savings. And she said no. Yeah. And I don't I don't blame her. But also I love this dog so much that I would spend my savings to have another dog like her whenever the inevitable happens. That will never happen because she's here forever yeah cloning a dog is some is some white people nonsense it is that (laughs) is some that is some top level white people nonsense and i recognize that (laughs) like that is that is peak white people nonsense oh i realize that i say that too often by the way because the other day i promise we're going to get back to dragon quest in just a second (laughs) but just the other day i realized i say that too much because the other day we were watching we're watching a movie what were we watching oh my gosh I can't remember what it was. Encanto. Um, it was Enca- Encanto. No, it wasn't Encanto. It was uh, it was Luca. Okay, it's our movie Luca, which is a great movie. Like I like I, I love that movie. Yeah, y'all but told anyway, us we just hadn't sat down and done it. One of the one of the characters did something. No, it wasn't Luca. It was Mitchell's versus the machines, which is an even more fun oh yeah yeah amazing animated film. Like highly recommend it. And anyway, we're watching it, and there was uh the their neighbors who were like these like kind of like upper middle class, wealthy, you know, picture perfect family who, right. who aren't white, funny enough. But anyway, they're like doing yoga and stuff and, and tapping on their phones. And uh, Naomi called it white people nonsense. <laughs> 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 and, I, 
And I realize that I probably say that too much about things. Like uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> when your five-year-old starts looking at people doing yoga, that's some white people nonsense. Doing yoga while on their phones. Yeah. While on their phones. Y- yeah. I mean, our kids do like little kid yoga, but I mean, yeah. we're white people. Of course we do white people nonsense. It wouldn't be white people nonsense if we didn't. Do if it, we didn't so. do it. Yeah. It's, it's but, like I'm born into it. But yeah, I noticed that, uh, that maybe I say it too much and need to stop saying that. But anyway, so uh, 11, I'm very glad that they add the romantic options. Um, It's like, I don't know who like canonically within 11s because the, I mean, the marriage option was added to 11. And so I think the problem with choosing other people for 11 is like the, the way the story was written and everything, it's hard to find someone to marry Eleven, other than like Eric. Right. I think Eric makes the most sense. Um, Eric does make the most sense. Whether they're platonic or not, up for debate, whatever. But not going to get into that. But I feel like, like you know, Jade is very much gives him like the, oh, you're my little brother, like head pat kind of thing. Yep, you know? absolutely. She's not, she's not romantically invested in the Luminary at all. Uh, Hendrick spent most of the game trying to kill you. So I feel like he doesn't, he probably would not want to marry you. Rab is your grandpa. And I feel like even in Erdria, that grandpa grandson marriage is probably frowned upon. Who knows? Probably. Fantasy I'm going to assume. Uh, Veronica, depending on where you play this game at, is either dead or a little girl. Um, so she's she's off the table there either way. Uh, Serena is. I guess you could argue that maybe uh, Serena is a viable option for him, but she's also she's you know tasked with protecting the Luminary with guarding him. And so it's kind of like there's nothing there's there's never anything there to hint at. There's nothing as romantic as jumping off a cliff in front of a waterfall that the Luminary and Eric do. Yeah, I mean, Silvando, Silvando, Silvando's cool. Yeah, I mean, Silvando, I chose Silvando and uh, it doesn't feel romantic at all. Yeah, like I think like I, it's it's like, like they're hanging out there, like they're life partners and they're cool with it. But it's uh, and like they they get along and but it's not that one's not romantic though. It's like Eric could definitely be romantic. I think Eric um, has the most options there. I think Silvando is just like I don't think he's attracted to the Luminary. No, I think, I think it's kind of like the Jade situation. I think he sees the Luminary as like a little brother. Yeah, like like it it's Silvando. I almost feel like would would look at the Luminary and he loves the Luminary, but it's a uh, he's too good for the Luminary kind of uh, situation. He is like, Silvando is no too darling. good. For he the is luminary. He's like, like, like he's like I, so like high maintenance and classy. He yeah. is the the Luminary would never be able to handle Silvando <laughs> like, as a lifestyle. <laughs> I think I think I think that's it. I think I think I think that's a good place to end it. Yep, I think so. We got through we got through all the games, um, and that's just that's a great way to end uh, this week's episode. <laughs> yep. Thank you, thank you guys for listening. Remember, you can talk to us on Twitter at Dragon Quest FM. You can help support this podcast by visiting patreoncom FM. And if you want to talk to me individually, you can find me on Twitter at DragonQuestin. And you can find me on Twitter as at Professor Beege. You can listen to my other podcast, the geek to geek podcast, wherever you're listening to this podcast. And you can join us on Discord at discord.geek2geekmedia.com. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye, y'all.